This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Everybody, it's the Blue Man Group. No, Blue Man Group, just not, not the. I keep saying the. And do you know what I noticed? The uh, we're gonna the get sued. We're gonna get sued if you keep saying. I know the Blue Man Group. And the photo that we have as the actual photo for the podcast says the. Yeah, that <laughs> so, was also. I think you did that was text me. on that one. I did. So, yeah. uh, but we're technically called Blue Men Group. Uh, blue for, men group for legal reasons definitely blue men group blue men and categorically in like record shops and libraries blue men group comma the yes that's it and also yeah. like could you imagine getting sued by the blue man group like the actual <laughs> thing and then you're in court and then there's like three blue men painted there <laughs> and you're like that's, uh. we're, we're begging for that to happen exactly i would <laughs> we, love we, we're like all panicked, but we have like a pretty good defense and we're like ready to like plead our case. And then we look at the jury and it's 12 blue men. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 We're like, shit. Yeah. And, and, and uh, they're, they're silent too because they don't talk. Yeah. They're, they're essentially mimes. <laughs> that so, would be um, such a nightmare scenario. That is a nightmare scenario. The opening Speaking defense starts judge, with like the, trash cans. and. Yeah. The judge comes out. He's a blue man as well. It's just we're just it's basically just a show trial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just there to make an example of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to Blue Man Group. My name is Ron Ecstasy. I am joined as always by my co-hosts Devin Welsh and John Bedrin. What's up, guys? Yo, not much. All right. Well, we uh have a nice, beautiful uh um set of instructions for us to follow today yeah. and, uh, <laughs> we're going to do that and you know as we always do we uh dole out some compliments um i don't think there's any rules for this um this this time around so i'm just going to uh begin dev your promptness today was great you uh threw out that link for us to all connect over um you know the internet zoom mm -hmm. thing uh john it looks as though you're using a St. Viateur Bagel Montreal coffee mug, which I'm extremely jealous of, and I would l like to take it next time over at your house. You'll, you won't be able to. I won't let you. I'll put it in the highest cupboard we have. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that always works. Uh, yeah. John, Ron, I, I love your blue sweater and your blue stripes behind you. You look very nautical. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm feeling on a very, yeah, a little flute music maybe, a little you know, mm. call to order on the deck mm. would be great. Mm. Uh, Devin, you are you're raring to go. You almost stepped over me there. On the I saw that. Yeah. I like yeah. that energy. I'm <laughs> I'm glad that you're like ready, and it's gonna be a fight today to get bits out. No, yeah, no, I feel it. Yeah, no, we need to do battle to get our bits battle bits. Our bits going. Um, but uh, John, oh Ron, I love the coffee thing you've got there. Ron's got a like a, a science beaker full it's of like coffee. A, a pour over carafe. He's got a millennial style coffee carafe. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, John, I'm going to jump on the uh, St. Viator bagels mug to say good job. Uh, great mug. Great company. Devin's former neighbors. Yep. 
I've eaten many of those bagels. But uh, anyway, that's the compliments. All right. Wow. That was good. I like that compliment section. It was fast. It was quick. Thank you for the compliment. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for the compliments. Uh, hey, listener, I hope you're you're doling out at least two compliments a day. You um, better be. D- doesn't have to be. A, you're not a real listener of this show unless you're unless you're doing your own compliments. Exactly. That's something that we all forget to stress. And um, it can be online. You can be doing it over over the online tubes or, you know, give your give your friend a call. Just give you could be call. looking up public officials, public emails and emailing them compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, out of the blue. I'm yep. sure that they need it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They do. All right. Now that leads us to our uh, next segment this week in history. 1898. Jacques, author Emile Zola's famous defense of French Army Captain Alfred Dreyfus, is published in Paris. Dreyfus, convicted of treason in a case that triggered charges of anti Semitism, is vindicated years later. What? So, Classic. yeah, the Dreyfus affair, the famous Dreyfus affair. Um, um, I don't really know anything about it other than that. But I assume that it's not about a real affair, but no. I could be wrong. I think it's hey, just a, yeah. That's um, Julia Louis Dreyfus's family member, right? Yeah, that's a Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Richard Dreyfus's great grandfather. So, in any Is case, it actually, though? Allegedly. If you believe the, we can find that up. The, the <laughs> sort of ne- details of the affair. That's neither here nor there, though. Um, the important thing is the term j'accuse. Oh, j'accuse, okay. j'accuse, For my own purposes, um, it's a wonderful kind of rhetorical uh, tool that Emile Zola gifted all of us, and we've all used subsequently in various times in our lives. Wait, yeah. so this guy invented j'accuse? Yeah, he was the first guy to go. I accused you of this. And he gave it, yeah, cathartic. He gave huh. it the spin. He gave it the right spin that we use huh. today. We yeah. say j'accuse, and um, f- we have to him to thank for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. It's a great Emil. thing to just shout. Also, yeah. You know, so, if, if you see someone do something wrong in public, yeah. Who, who is Emile Zola? Again, not important. Oh, you're okay. missing the point here, Ron. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah. is Jacques. This is a wonderful rhetorical holiday this yeah. week in history of uh. Jacques, which just say it, just try it, give it a spin. Jacques. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You can nice? feel the power coursing through you as you say now that. Now I feel like culpable of anti Semitism from you saying I, that. Yeah, I've I've always uh, um, pronounced it Jacques, like Syracuse. Um, <laughs> that's the American pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, so, jacuzzi. <laughs> jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. That's yeah. Jacuzzi. Hey, what happened to jacuzzi? Speaking, I'm trying to change the subject because I have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> They're all saunas um, now. What happened to jacuzzis, kids? They were re- uh, rebranded as saunas. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, we solved that one too. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus's. Uh, Dad was accused by Emile Zola. No, I'm, I'm making and that then up. Something, something happened, and then they went on to invent the jacuzzi. Yes, in which Syracuse. Was after this was after Dreyfus fled France because he was so embarrassed by the whole affair. He was yeah. he, he went to Italy. He moved to Italy, and he invented yeah. the jacuzzi. Syracuse, Italy. The rest then, is history. Well, and then he yeah. moved, and then after that, the Italians were so grateful. 
for the jacuzzi that they gave him a big gift and it was a large amount of money that he moved to Hollywood for. And then he started an entertainment family. Yeah. Oh. And no and way. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the result of heir of, of the jacuzzi fortune. Oh, yeah. I get it now. She bubbled yeah, she, up and she, <laughs> you know, she has a bubbly personality. She yeah. is, uh, um, you know, a billionaire family. She is from a billionaire family. Uh, and yeah, I guess it is the details of which all that jacuzzi money that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, and well, it all yes. Started with Zola, with Emile Zola's Jacques. Jacques. All right. Well, thank you very much, Emile Zola, um, for accusing everyone. That's the ultimate <laughs> finger pointer. He's uh, he's been pointing fingers at everyone for years, and I'm uh, frankly sick of it. So, yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, this week in history. Once again, strikes again, again, again. <laughs> History is always happening. History is striking again. Um, <laughs> thank you. Let's let's close that chapter. <laughs> All right, that leads us right into what's in the news. All right, everybody, uh, once again, absolutely busy, busy fucking news week. Um, I'm sure real things were happening, but I wasn't paying attention to them. Things that I were paying attention to um, are this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I in the middle of that sentence, I was like, what preposition? Like, I was like, R is... <laughs> Does that ever happen? I sometimes I just like fuck. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm supposed to be a communicator. That's like, I don't take my communication seriously sometimes. Well, you um, didn't celebrate the rhetorical holiday of Jacques. At, oh yeah, my god! What is going on with really this Jacques? The power thing. of rhetoric. Well, Jacques, I'm accusing you. Yeah, uh, of not taking grammar or rhetoric seriously. That's yeah. true. That's but true. anyway, let's let's get into the heavy hitting uh, stories here. All right. Well. Ron, let it, tell us a little bit about John Dillermond. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up John <laughs> Dillermond because uh, this news story is out of Denmark. Uh, John Dillermond is the name of a uh, new show uh, in Denmark and a new children's TV show about a man with a massive and uncontrollable penis. Now... Um, I know last week on last week's episode, there was some talk about penis and, yeah. um, <laughs> I just thought like, I didn't submit this one to the docket to be discussed. And in the group chat, uh, of the planning, which we spend many hours planning this show, like, um, <laughs> the, the, I was like, well, that means more penis talk. Is everybody okay with that? And, um, Nobody said anything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this TV show, again, Danish TV show. Yeah. Um, if this was around when I was younger, I really believe I, I would have felt seen and um, <laughs> and just like represented represented. I think that there is inadequate uh, representation of large penis and uncontrollable massive cocks um in <laughs> in uh cartoons uh when i was a kid so let's dive yeah. into the show i mean uh in episode one for instance uh the mustached mustachioed i like to say uh dillamond uh 
accuses, no, he uses his gigantic <laughs> stripy organ. Now, this is not a musical instrument. We're not talking about a Hammond here. We're talking about... We're penis. talking about a ham. Ham yeah. mud. Uh, a mound of ham. Man, uh, man man's Hammond. Uh, okay, so John Dillerman quickly finds himself inundated with requests from his neighbors to take their pets out for a walk, too. So everybody's asking him to walk their pets for some reason. Maybe they mistake his uh, long schlong for like a leash or something like well, that. Because he uses his his penis as a leash for his own right. dog. Yes. And then, okay. the, and then the neighbors are so, uh, you know, so happy about it that they want they want him to walk their dog with his penis as well. Yeah. And that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> so um, at another point in the show, he is stuck floating in midair after uh, balloons are tied to his groin. Uh, that's that's shown in a photo um, on the uh, the if you just oh, look it's an this animated up. show. <laughs> oh, so his penis isn't actually that large. It's just a, a cartoonish rendering of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based it's, on a real a real life. <laughs> Oh, a okay. real guy in Denmark, actually. <laughs> yeah. John Dillerman. <laughs> yeah. It's his name. It's <laughs> yeah. his, his real uh, story. They opted to, they're like, he's like, yeah, you can do this cartoon, but just like, you know, kind of blur out the, the parts that are me. And they're like, all right, we're naming it after you. Um, yeah. So um, in another episode, let's see, he uh, breaks his friend's vase with his penis and must raise money to pay them back. And then a third, he uses it to steal an ice cream at the zoo. That's not bad. It, it's got like, uh, it's, it sounds more like an elephant trunk, to be honest, than, yeah. than penis. And, it, and to be frank, there's, it's, it's uh, disgusting how the, uh, the MSM, <laughs> the mainstream media, just yeah. portrays this um, large, large cocked man. Um, <laughs> Coxman. Yeah, he's a cox. Girls go crazy for a long cocked man. But so yeah. there's some controversy, as you can imagine, um, with the show. You know, people were... <clears throat> I can't imagine anyone would find this offensive. People find it very funny in Denmark and, and otherwise across the internet. It was a, quite a sensation. I, uh, that's where I heard about it, yeah. funnily enough. Yeah, exactly. And so there, there has been some pushback, let's say, um, from the uh, right wing. Okay. So the right wing in Denmark... Uh, the Danish People's Party that can't that doesn't it doesn't sound good when when something's up when when you have the Danish People's Party uh, in 2021 and especially when the politician's name is Morton Messerschmidt. Um, if anybody's familiar <laughs> with uh, Central European history of the um, mid 1900s, Messerschmidt was a uh, very uh, powerful German uh, jet. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> Messerschmitt um, said uh, he that children should not be forced to watch a cartoon depiction of an adult uh, man's groin. Interesting. Do you think uh, Messerschmitt is projecting a bit? I think he's, he's sensitive about how large a man's member is. Is the problem that he has with it that it's a cartoon depiction? Does he? That's what I was. About <laughs> to does he say. want children to watch, you know, live action depictions of an adult man's groin? Yeah. Well, um, this seems like he's he could well, be next taking next season on Denmark TV. There will be a children's show with a yeah. a live action. Yeah, I, I mean, like uh, he's kind of taking the uh, the Barbie stance, you know, which uh, you know, like in the in the early two thousands, it was kind of popular, a popular like cultural um, 
culture war thing was like we need to make Barbie more human, more mm-hmm. sexy, and, and then yeah, and then less sexy, more human, and people would be like, you know, if Barbie was a real woman, she'd be like nineteen feet tall, and her bazongas are like uh, triple W's. Yeah, <laughs> and and then I would always be like, uh, well, I don't think you should compare yourself to a doll. <laughs> <laughs> first off that's that's the first thing and um ron got himself in a lot of hot water with feminists at the time i did i was on I, got, I uh i was on the rosie o'donnell show and i got booted out um <laughs> but, but maybe the men, a koosh ball at your head the men's community maybe should should organize here to talk about the unrealistic expectations that john dillerman sets up for young men all over the world well, that's what yeah. it seems like Morton Messerschmitt's trying to do here. And yeah, I agree. And it, he's taking that kind of like, well, hey, this is unfair because like essentially Mar- Morton Messerschmitt is trying to tell people he's trying to he's it's a cry for help. OK, he's trying to get people <laughs> to listen to him about his issues. He's got some issues. Um, yeah. Well, guys, what he's afraid is that people are going to try to use their children are going to try to use their penis to corral a lion that's escaped from the zoo. Yeah. Which would not end well for those children. Which, so, by the way, Morton Messerschmitt looks like... Uh, how would you describe him? Um, kind of a European male model type? Yeah. In a way? Yeah, he um, looks... Uh, this, actually, well, some, no. some photos depict looks- him... Yeah, some photos depict him as as a strapping, handsome man, and then others depict him as kind of a uh, less than like Danish yeah. Charlie Kirk or something. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say Ben Shapiro. He has kind of a Ben Shapiro yeah, yeah. gaze to him, like he's looking at us angrily in a way. Yeah, if you go to um, uh, his Messer- Morton Messerschmitt's Messerschmitt's um uh, uh Wikipedia page, there's a photo of him that is creepy. I don't like it. Um, so he's no longer in, oh, so he was in the European parliament, but he's now probably in the Danish parliament. Right. Uh, just here, here's some, some, uh, uh, just things to know about him. He was born in the eighties. He's a millennial. <laughs> he's, so he's he grew a cusp, up during the Barbie panic. Yeah. He's yeah. a cusp millennial. He's 1980. He was born. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's one of three Danish members of European parliament. Again, he's no longer in European parliament who voted against a motion to encourage, national parliaments to ban gay conversion therapy so he's yeah he's into gay conversion therapy. yeah yeah and oh. he hates john Dillerman. Uh, john dillerman <laughs> he, he doesn't want to talk about penises i think that's <laughs> yeah he basically wants he doesn't want to think about penises and he doesn't want anyone else <laughs> thinking about he's penises. really upset that there's a a, there's a there's a children's show that he watches a lot of children's TV just to make sure that it's yeah yeah there. yeah and there's one now about a man with a long penis and it's bothering him that it's that it's on air that it's, yeah he doesn't want to think about it yeah um, so and par- part of the controversy just let me just say is that please, DR, his dad's hotter than him also dr the <laughs> network that puts on uh, the John Dillermond show is the basically the equivalent of uh, the CBC in Canada or PBS yep. it's it's publicly funded broadcasting so um, I think he's also worried about tax dollars being spent on this show about a very large and useful penis yeah the old tax dollar uh, fear 
Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, in Denmark, it's a huge success. The children are watching it in big numbers. They're says, captivated. Says Donald Trump. No, uh, <laughs> say, um, says the, the person in charge, Sarah Cecily, Cecily of, uh, uh, the Danish broadcaster. Um, they, they, it's, she's saying now the great majority here in Denmark are making fun of the few critics. So once again, uh, Morton Messerschmidt is getting brutally owned probably by everyone, <laughs> Uh, something he's probably had to deal with his whole life, sending him to the far right wing and uh, voting <sighs> for gay conversion therapies. Good for you, buddy. Um, yeah, so uh, we're uh, also just a related article in the uh, CNN is Caillou <laughs> is taking a bow. <laughs> just letting you know that <laughs> Caillou is now 29 years old and um, and he wants out. He, he's uh, he's got love- a crippling... Uh, 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 weed gummy addiction i'd love to hear i'd love to get donald trump to riff on morton uh, uh no sorry not on i'd love to get trump to riff on john dillermond yeah i'd love to just hear what he has to say about oh you know, my god yeah the, the ratings and you know about the controversy and everything he'd else. have so many interesting like leaps in associations when he's yeah. like, just like letting go yeah, yeah i have talking about it i have a feeling he's for it because of the ratings you know he's a ratings hound yeah and i mean he's probably not against gigantic penises no he would probably i mean i remember very famously he said on the republican primary debate that his was was not small yeah he did say that he did say that (laughs) in response to uh marco rubio yeah it was part of his political campaign strategy (laughs) yeah that he has a huge cock uh so like um i i also think that Trump, a lot of what Trump does is like kind of looking over his shoulder to see if Mike Pence is there to kind of do the like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. But now that like Mike Pence is gone, it seems between the the the, the friendship between those two is busted. So uh, I do They're think feuding, yeah. DJT would be very into John Dillerman. So Denmark, good job. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I like to thank every segment before I end it. But um. We'll see you soon. And John Dillerman, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to interview <laughs> John Dillerman uh, and maybe get some uh, exact lengths here because yeah, I would like to know. Well, uh, just jumping right over to uh, another Central European country. Are they both Scandinavian? We're also no. going to be talking about... Ne- neither uh, of them are, John. The Netherlands. Right, whatever, I don't... Um, They're all the sort of the same to me. Well, actually, Denmark is... Sorry, I, I that was so mean. Denmark is Scandinavian in a in a way, I guess. I don't all, know how... how it's all the marshy floodwaters of Europe, the kind of marshy backwaters. Yeah, tulip country. So, um, <laughs> John, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, let me it's read the headline. It's quite, Dutch officials... Excuse me, John. <laughs> um, let me read this headline. <laughs> read this headline here. Uh, Dutch officials seize ham sandwiches of drivers arriving from the UK. Yeah, sensational headline. But you know what? The story holds up. It's not just, you know, this isn't yellow journalism. This is a real serious issue. So yeah. since Brexit, we all remember that there was some sort of like wild bill passed maybe last year that said something about how britain isn't european anymore yeah matter i heard about the more important thing 
is that apparently it's real now. It's happening. Shit. They're exiting. They're Brexiting. Brexiting. And truck drivers or lorry drivers from the UK <laughs> are taking the uh, Hook der Hooland seaport. And <laughs> as they arrive in the seaport, customs officials are, are confiscating their ham sandwiches and other animal-derived products. P-O-A-O, products of animal origin. And Interesting. Got- We've got a video um, that yeah, let's pull it up. depicts an interaction between a customs official and one of these unfortunate lorry drivers. Do you have meat on all the, the bread or not? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, then we take them all. I'm really? sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, can I take off the meat and leave me the bread? No, everything will be uh, confiscated. <laughs> Welcome to the Brexit, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Now, this is a great border guard. Yeah. He, he's trying to be fair. He asked yep. the guy a question about the bread, but unfortunately, even though the bread is not banned in Holland because it's touching the meat and cheese, he's out of luck. Yeah. The driver's looking on. He's a little frustrated, but he's being fair. He's being compliant. Yep. And then the, uh, he the laughed. Dutch, he chuckled. Yeah. And then the Dutch security guard says, welcome to the Brexit. Yeah. It's such yeah. a great, it's such a great European interaction. Like an interaction like this would never happen in the United States. People would be screaming at each other at the top of their lungs. It would be yeah. a riot. <laughs> yeah. It would be it, like the great, like, you know, truck driver revolt. Yeah. In Europe, you have the sort of, you know, the, the jovial resignation that you can see taking place here on the part of both parties. Which, everyone yeah. thinks it's ridiculous, but everyone just sort of chuckles and sighs and moves on with their lives. Which is exactly how the British got into such a bad sort uh, with the the German army in World War II. They were just chuckling and they were sort of taking it and then, you know, things yeah. got a little bad. And bad. then it went awry. <clears throat> yeah, this is passive. how it starts. I mean, like... Uh, I mean, I per- consider this bullying, personally. They're taking his lunch. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is kind of weird. So It's like schoolyard bullying. I do know that... So we we do talk a lot about borders. This is one of our uh, things. And I think that I wouldn't say that we're uh, necessarily like pro border guard. I know John was being very pro this border guard. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that our ultimate dream as a as a podcast. And yes, I'm speaking for everybody here um, <laughs> is, uh, a border, you know, borders without guards is what is what we're talking about here. And yeah, yeah um, we're pro borders, but we're. Um, anti any sort of regulations. Thank you. We just yeah. want them to be completely uh, labyrinthian, but mm. you should also just be able to cross whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. David David Bowie's going to be at the uh, the border. Yeah, but we want border riddle. we want borders without guards, but we're also fine with guards without borders as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, just put a put a guard anywhere you want, really. Yeah. But <laughs> so um, I think that this is interesting because uh, in at, at the Canadian american border crossings let's take windsor ontario for example the windsor ontario detroit border crossing i believe the busiest border crossing in america and canada for that matter Um, (laughs) (laughs) and uh uh there are signs they're actually kind of funny signs um on the american side that have like uh kind of like clip art fruit and vegetables and then like a peacock or something (laughs) i don't know if anybody's seen these it might be tough to find online but uh they just say like you can't bring in fruits or vegetables or meat so we this has been a thing in in our country too Mm -hmm. and apparently you know old europe uh they they just they're just catching up but um 
just a, a personal anecdote. Um, my grandparents living in Canada would come visit my family in the States. And um, I would ask for these specific, uh, very spicy sausage thing, like links that my <laughs> grandparents would get when I was like 10. And my grandma had to like sit me down. She's like, I'm sorry, but we, we're, we're just like not comfortable bringing those over anymore. <laughs> and I was Little like, Ron and his sausages. Yeah, I was upset. But then also I remember like my dad being like, just don't, don't worry. Like they're not going to find the sausages. Like just put them in a cooler and cross. Yeah. And this was before 9-11 too. Like you yeah. could, you could mosey on over if you wanted, as long as you had like an ID. So I, I know what this is like. Like I'm trying to identify <laughs> with the lorry driver here. Yeah. And I'm saying that like, You're I've been victim. here. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to use the V word, but I'm just saying that like, uh, I've been there. Lori, uh, is your name Lori? <laughs> yeah. Hugh, Hugh Lori. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lauren, the uh, lorry driver. Yeah. So man, I do wonder if he just should have just hid them better. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe this Come was staged. On. Maybe this is like a well, like, like a publicity stunt. I think it was because actually, if you look at the article that we brought, uh, that we got this from, mm -hmm. the the article is actually reporting on um, a Dutch uh, media campaign, basically that features gotcha, yeah. this footage. Dutch TV news has aired footage of customs officers confiscating sandwiches from drivers arriving by ferry from the UK. So yeah, it, it definitely is a PR campaign. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, it'd be a kind of a wild coincidence if they had an, a uh, film camera at yeah. the uh, the crossing. Oh, what do we got here? Yeah. A few ham sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone's primed. It's like reality TV where it actually right. does happen, but the producers like, all right, man, this is yeah. what we're gonna. Don't worry, mm -hmm. don't worry, don't worry. We'll we'll give you yeah. ten ten pounds to buy. Uh, to buy a like a sausage and liver yeah. sandwich once you get yeah. to the UK. Yeah, whatever yeah. Dutch and truck drivers eat. I, I have a feeling too that there's going to be a article coming out in the next few weeks about how like the uh, Dutch social system is like kind of breaking down. And one of the <laughs> one of the examples is like uh, they don't give lunch to any of the border guards anymore. <laughs> and then it's like, wait a second. I, I swear there was an article a few weeks ago about Dutch border guards taking ham sandwiches away from people. Skimming yeah. off the top. Wait a second. Yeah. Serpico style. This is how we connect dots here. It's uh, yeah. part of the Jacuse. thing. Ron is jacuzing the Dutch border guards of you know, yep. lining Boy. their pockets with the ham. This is corruption. This is the EU at work, people. <laughs> yep. It's a bureaucracy run amok. The nanny state is trying to steal your sandwiches. Uh, yeah. So Dutch, Dutch, uh, Dutch sandwich people. I'm sorry. Uh, just as a total aside, I was asked about um, my favorite bread recently. It's called <laughs> it's called Dutch crunch. Uh, they call mm. it. They call it tiger bread, apparently, over in uh, the Netherlands. Um, it's really big in San Francisco. That's where I had it the first time. It looks like Subway uh, sandwich bread, kind of. Yeah. Oh, but it's really so good. good. They, they, it, Dutch Crunch is the best sandwich bread you've never heard of, according to Kerry Jones of Food and Wine. Um, so they wouldn't let you bring this into the Netherlands, ironically right. enough. If you brought some Dutch Crunch from the UK, <laughs> correct, yeah. they would throw that thing out. But if you came in from France or whatever, you'd be fine. Yeah. They'd be like, great sandwich. 
Absolutely. So get your Dutch crunch in France. Get it in the EU if you're traveling to mm -hmm. the Netherlands. Don't get your Dutch crunch before you uh, leave the UK because you'll get caught up in customs and everything else. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's head back to the United States. I think it's time. I've uh, had I've been con all my sandwiches are confiscated. Um, my my <laughs> penis is not as big as John Dillerman's. <laughs> uh, I've been accused by potentially Emil Zola or Julia Louis Dreyfus's dad or something. I don't know about of some. I've been accused of something. We've accused as well, so. Yeah, I'm so I'm the accusations so are being thrown around wildly. Okay, so uh, yeah, I just want to return to the United States because we have some interesting insight. Um, as you may know, uh, we talked briefly about. No, we didn't. I don't think we even did. There was an event um, at the uh, U United States Capitol building. So if you can uh, picture that in your head, the Capitol building has two wings on one side. I believe the left side is the uh, People's House, the uh, Congress. And then the uh, right side is the uh, upper chamber. Stage um, right. The People's, the, uh, yeah. the People's House is the House of Representatives. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. That's, I don't know what I said. But, um, uh, and then, yeah, to the, uh, to the right is the uh, U.S. Senate, the upper chamber, um, which uh, acts as the uh, sober second thought, as they, they call it, um, <laughs> which often it is not. So in uh, some countries don't even have them. So think about that. Um, I would like to talk about the various caucuses of the United States. Cock so I know this is a cock heavy uh, episode. And I also know that the um, it's like the caucuses are also a region. So when I say caucuses to, t to John, he's thinking... <laughs> Uh, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, the region between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, Armenia, mm -hmm. Azerbaijan, Georgia, and Southern Russia, because mm -hmm. John's our Armenian correspondent. Mm -hmm. But that's um, not that's not it at all. That's well, not we'll what I'm talking I'll about. I'll sneak it in. Don't worry. Yeah, he will. I know he will. But the caucuses, um, the caucuses are interesting. The congressional caucuses. Um, yes. It's an interesting little known um, sort of way that the House actually functions. Um caucus referring to just members of the U.S. Congress that meet to pursue common legislative objectives. So yes. essentially anyone can form a caucus. It's just, hey, you, me, the other person, we all get together and we act in the interest of X. Yes. We act in the interest of, you know, and so there's so many different caucuses that I, I thought it would be interesting and enlightening to go through some of these, if not all of them. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, some of them. Some time. There's literally hundreds of them. So this is the thing. So imagine this, right? Like I always just, so the, the, the term caucus just bothers me. Just in your head, whenever I hear the word caucus, I just replace it with team, okay? Damn, <laughs> yeah, I like team Morton better. Messerschmitt over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Morton Messerschmitt would, <laughs> would prefer that we say team. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's true. So um, if you go onto Wikipedia and just type in caucuses of the United States Congress, you can see that there are 
hundreds of, of caucuses, big, Huge list. big fucking caucuses. Okay. Long, very long, long style list. list of so the, the one thing that I didn't know, I imagine that these caucuses, cause I've heard, you know, there's like the progressive caucus. There's the congressional black caucus. There's a uh, blue collar, blue dog, Democrat caucus or whatever. Uh, or even the right wing, they have the Liberty caucus or whatever. Uh, I thought they were like larger groups, mm-hmm. but it seems as though there's some of them. I don't know if the the names that are below the caucuses are just the leaders of the group and anyone can join them. I don't know if these are like the full membership, but nonetheless, let's just read some. So we have, I'm just going to like randomly pull one up. Yeah. Congressional Planetary Science Caucus. Yep. They were really uh, busy when uh, uh, they were trying to determine if Pluto was a planet. They haven't yes. really done a lot since. No. No, they haven't. Um, Congressional can, Propane Caucus. Yeah. So those are those are the propane boys. Congressional Prize Caucus. Um, what does that mean? I don't know. But do you know what I bet it means? It's probably a group regarding laws around like uh, prize winnings and lotteries and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. probably because mm-hmm. I know there's like tons of rules around that shit there's a 5g caucus 5g 5g caucus um the only number uh leading caucus yeah starting with a number and not a letter the congressional wild salmon caucus (laughs) they just eat locks in the morning um (laughs) uh, there's a lot of different ethnic ones the electromagnetic pulse caucus whoa um congressional zoo and aquarium caucus there's um, the Armenian caucus and the Azerbaijan caucus. So we have I caucus caucuses. Yeah, the caucus caucuses. That's good. There's a cacophony coming out of the caucus room. The, friend, the con- Friends of Switzerland caucus. <laughs> that's awesome. There's both a beef and bourbon caucus. Yeah. That just sounds like a dinner club, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a supper club caucus. Yeah. Um, GOP doctors caucus. You got to be a doctor. Wait, How's... I'm really confused at this one. Burn pits caucus. Yeah. <laughs> What's a burn pit? Uh, that sounds like a a, something that you find during on crime scenes where a body has been burned. <laughs> Maybe guess. these people are interested in figuring out uh, if there's any human remains in the burn pits. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, d- here's here's a letter. Uh, from a website called dearcolleague.us, which is actually, this is what Republicans do very well, I find, is they're good at organizing um, a lot of like legislative stuff where they have like these blank letters. I know the right, I mean, uh, progressives do this as well, but mm-hmm. um, they, the right wing actually has organizations in DC that just writes uh, bills essentially, and then people can fill in the blanks. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So this this website, I've never seen it, Dear Colleague, is a letter that I guess you can send to people um, d- trying to convince somebody to join the Congressional Burns Burn Pits Caucus. So it says, please join the Congressional Burns Pit Caucus cho- co-chaired by, uh, co-charred, I almost said, um, <laughs> by Rep. Brad <laughs> Wenstrup and Rep. Paul Ruiz. Uh, this caucus will address long-term life-threatening health effects of burn pits on veterans while educating members and staff on the subjects. 
During the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, burn pits were used as a primary method to dispose of waste and garbage generated by the American military bases. Holy shit. Because unlimited items were indiscriminately burned, the burn pits released an array of pollutants, including particulate matter and known carcinogens. Within months or years after returning from deployment, soldiers exposed to burn pits suffered from pulmonary issues, insomnia, and cancer. Some of these illnesses have resulted in death. This is just... See, the, uh, absolutely insane. To me, this is just an example of how uh, poisoned and corrupted and just like <laughs> evil the American state is. Where American imperialism, yeah. You just kind of like go down the list, you just pick something at random. Huh, what's this? And then you just look into it a tiny little bit. You spend 30 seconds looking into it and you immediately get into we burned like tons and tons of trash. Indiscriminately. It caused cancer in soldiers that were serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And now we have to manage it. And now it's like a uh, we we have this organization that's like uh, revered, you know, like to manage this situation. Yeah, now there's a caucus for that. And so every time every time America fucks up somewhere, there's a caucus for that. Yeah. And so there's just an, <laughs> there's an endlessly pro proliferating list of caucuses that right. have to be pu put together in order to solve these problems. But the problems are probably manifesting. They don't get solved. Yeah. And they they, right. get they solved. just sort of allow them to continue, like legally yeah. create, like, well, you have to allow it to go on. Yeah. This this somewhat reminds me of, uh, I was at a, uh, uh, a funeral, actually, in um, uh, Arlington National Cemetery, and they 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 explain so arlington national cemetery is absolutely massive and it's like kind of concerning because it's like whoa we've been doing we're like very proud of all the people who have died in wars that america's yeah. been involved in and one of the representatives everybody there was you know extremely nice was very nice and and one of the representatives said as they're explaining things like uh we have like plenty more space <laughs> for and i was just thinking of like well i don't That's think we plan. should be <laughs> yeah like yeah what if, there shouldn't be more space like what if we didn't have more space we should yeah. be <laughs> trying to uh not be putting people here yeah what if we decided that arlington national cemetery was full you know no no more bodies uh no vacancy and then we can we can do our foreign policy on that basis going forward. Yeah, that would be working backwards. I like that. That's good. So yeah, that that is actually very weird. I was not plan. I did not plan to know what that was, but now I do, and that's kind of fucked up. Um, we have the uh, House Wire and Wire Products Caucus, the uh, I sixty nine Congressional Caucus. Yeah, the highway <laughs> has its own. Just that's like a rock band. That yeah. sounds like the, yeah. it's a congressional rock band. That's the coolest caucus, the I sixty nine Congressional Caucus. Yeah. yeah. Got the I Kurdish 69. American caucus. Yeah, Join the I sixty nine caucus. Oh, okay. So it's some. Yeah, you can see some of the members that are. Uh, yeah. Some some of these have uh, are big enough to to show the exact members, but um, Montenegro caucus. Yeah. Uh, and how many caucuses can you join at a time? Like, can Poland you caucus. can you be part of 50, 60 caucuses? I'm Problem sure. solvers caucus. I'd be on this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They'd this be like, uh, we somebody needs a new key made. I'd be like, I know where to get one made. <laughs> I would like to join the problem causers caucus. <laughs> yeah. 
and beyond both the romanian caucus yeah do we have that isn't that in there oh Oh, yeah small brewers caucus taxed enough already caucus oh yeah louis gomert that motherfucker it's it's his own personal like caucus for himself yeah Yeah. yeah. i don't want to pay more in taxes I would definitely join some like easier ones like tuberculosis elimination caucus. It seems like TV's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. We're on yeah. that one kind of, but <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you can sort of lean back on that one. Yeah. yeah. Jumping on like the black plague elimination caucus. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So boys, you know, it's like, we're yeah. doing a good job keeping it in check. Yeah, exactly. Keep yeah. up the good work. Uh, yeah. I wonder what the oldest caucus is. I mean, like, um, that's not a joke by the way. Uh, if you're, if you were going to say, uh, bernie sanders or something um (laughs) yeah i mean so also just to to uh let you know there's the congressional member organization cmos and the congressional uh staff organization we're talking about members we're talking about caucuses i know it's all phallic it's all penis oriented um no no uh no yonic uh emphasis here it's all phallic it seems yeah um Friends of Hungary, Dreamers, Congressional Staff Association. Millennial Action Staff. Oh, yeah, that's good. Space that's Advocates. So you can be an advocate for space. <laughs> Vegetarian Staff Association. It's just one person. So anyway, the point here is that there's an unlimited number of caucuses, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the congresspersons that work for the U.S. government are getting a lot not getting a lot done but they're they're talking about a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. they're busy and they're they're possibly on multiple caucus uh organizations yeah Yeah. i'm imagining that someone is on both the armenian and the assyrian or the armenian and the azerbaijani or yeah like just you know sort of dual enlisting yeah exactly hey wait who's Aren't you? Uh, uh. It's like yeah, uh, riding the fence. Riding the yeah. fence hard. Very yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think everybody should uh, take a look at this um, caucus list, big long caucus list, um, and and just choose a few, choose a few to follow. Set up a Google News alert, and just keep yourself abreast of uh, what is going on in your favorite caucus. Because uh, it's absolutely fascinating. And also, just to add, I don't know if anybody, uh, if any listeners ever did YAG, youth, no, sorry, YIG. I don't know why I call it YAG. Uh, youth, youth in Government. It was like a YMCA program. I was a uh, member of that, and I got sent to the um, uh, Congressional House, or sorry, the uh, State House in Lansing. And I always opted to be in the uh, Congress. I never wanted to go to the Senate because I, I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a people person. And um, <laughs> I got to sit at a guy named Aldo Vagnazzi's desk, and I would just go through the guy's desk. He was a representative from Farmington Hills, Michigan. I would just go through his desk and like take pens and stuff like that. But he was like a, a legit politician. I sat at his desk for like a week. Um, trying to like pass bills and stuff like that. And then you have to go to all these committees. And what you realize is like, this is so unbelievably boring and uh, like, so it it barely works is what I'm trying to say. No one ever said the people's business would be exciting. Exactly. uh, In fact, it's not. 
And I think that like after the event, I know that a lot of the TV uh, uh, stations kind of went to the Senate, I believe, and showed or uh, just CNN and all that kind of stuff is showing a lot of House and Senate recently in the past week. And uh, it just goes to show you like nobody knows what's going on. And it's so boring. And everybody's just walking around. They're like they'll, they'll be like, oh, we got to vote on something. Uh, you got 45 minutes to figure out what your vote's going to be. And then they just show the, the House floor. And it's like everybody just hanging out and talking and like, that's all it is. And uh, these these uh, breakout caucus rooms and stuff like that, you just go in there and um, talk about the dumbest stuff. You're like, uh, I don't think that period should be in there. And they're like, yeah, that's true. I think do I have a, a vote to move that period and be like, yep, seconded Robert's rules uh, point of privilege. Uh, anyway, it's all um, kind of nuts. And um, I encourage you to look in and follow something just for a while to see how absolutely crazy it is all right let's uh move on to one of our favorites actually this is sad <laughs> this is one of our best <laughs> segments though people keep people always send us um examples to use of this they segment. do they're very he respectful People will not stop sending us things, um, which is great. Please keep on sending us things. Uh, Dev, would you like to, to lead us in on the, uh, our, our latest segment, The Fallen Hero of the Week? Yes, I would. Um, this is a big one. This is an interesting and unexpected Fallen Hero of the Week. Um, if anyone remembers Dr. Harold Bornstein, uh, he, who became famous in 2017 as Trump's former personal physician. Oh, no. The guy with the really long hair, um, yeah. crazy-looking uh, physician who wrote or at least signed uh, the this letter attesting to Trump's fantastic health, um, yes. that he would, quote, be the healthiest individual ever elected to the presidency. <laughs> um, well... That physician has died at the age of 73. Um, it, it, it's an in interesting guy. I just wanted to read a little bit from this New York Times obituary because yeah, please. I love the New York Times obituaries. Um, I think they're... It's, it's probably, probably their best. My favorite feature. thing, yeah, that the New yeah. York Times does is the obituaries. In, in, this, in the case of obituaries, the New York Times remains the paper of record. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, so let me just read a few paragraphs from here. Loquacious, hirsute, and eccentric. <laughs> Dr. Bornstein, a gastroenterologist, was Mr. Trump's personal physician from 1980 to 2017. He had inherited Mr. Trump as a patient from his father, Dr. Jacob Bornstein, with whom he shared a medical practice on the Upper East Side of Manhattan at Park Avenue and 78th Street. Uh, when Mr. Trump was elected president in 2016, Dr. Bornstein had hoped to be named White House physician and suggested as much to a longtime Trump assistant. But he was expelled from the Trump orbit after he disclosed to the Times that the president was taking medication to make his hair grow. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, yeah. the, the, the fallout between him and Trump uh, took place over Propecia. his disclosure. Yeah, his disclosure of a, petty, yeah. of a drug called Propecia that um d uh, that mr trump was taking and that dr bornstein was taking and you can clearly see dr bornstein um in his late 60s early 70s with a massive head of hair 
Yeah, that beautiful. Indicates he was definitely taking something. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and, and we can see that with Trump as well. The the proof is in the pudding. Uh, with yeah. you know beautiful hair, old um, guys with really long hair that they still wear, sort of like you know. As if they're in their 30s or something. But right. in a series of interviews with the Times in 2017, he said that Mr. Trump was taking a prostate-related drug, Propecia, to promote hair growth, the same drug that Dr. Bornstein himself was taking to maintain his own shoulder-length locks. There we go. He told the Times he had had no contact with Mr. Trump since he had become president that the White House had not asked him to forward Mr. Trump's medical records, as new administrations traditionally do. He also complained of the poor seats he had been assigned for the president's inauguration. Dr. Mm. Bornstein later told NBC News that two days after the Times article appeared, three representatives of Mr. Trump had, quote, raided his office and taken all Whoa. of Mr. Trump's medical records. It's like they Watergate. Also, they also told him to remove a picture he had on the wall of him with Mr. Trump. <laughs> and then to quote Dr. Bornstein, uh, what he said to NBC, Dr. Bornstein said, I feel raped. I know. <laughs> That's so fucking crazy. So, oh, my God. Dr. Bornstein, his 15 minutes of fame uh, being sort of manipulated by uh, President Trump and then thrown under the bus, and Dr. Bornstein uh, recently died. Damn. But the interesting thing that I would say about the whole Bornstein saga um, as a testament to his skills as a physician is that um, his, his, his suggestion that Trump would be the healthiest individual ever elected to the presidency Mm. Has it not borne out to be true? That right. is, yeah, the, yeah the, guy, exactly. the guy kicked COVID. And he's the oldest president uh, yeah. in modern history. That's so, yeah. you know, in a sense, you know, he's still kicking. He's still doing it. And he beat COVID. Dr. Right. Bornstein was right, people. He's yeah, true. And, and he outlived, Trump outlived Bornstein. His doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So like, <laughs> the whole thing came true. Yeah. Bornstein was not a crank. No, he said true. that Trump was going to be the healthiest individual ever elected to the presidency. Trump is now the oldest president, um, you know, clearly healthier than Ronald Reagan, another famously right. uh, old president. Um, Donald J. Trump may turn out to be healthier as president than uh, Joe Biden. We'll see. But... Anyway, let's not let's not throw Bornstein under the bus like Trump did. Let's recognize his accomplishments and his astute assessment Absolutely. Of, of Mr. Trump's health. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, I think this is a nice way to uh, send uh, Dr. Bornstein off into the uh, beautiful heavens in which he will, uh, you know, practice his, his craft in the celestial kingdom of uh, heaven or wherever he may be. Um <laughs> On the uh, this is a nice little a little thing to remember, Doctor Bornstein. On the back of his business cards, stat reported that's some like medical journal or something included his name, and below that, written in Italian, the phrase "Dottore molto famoso," very famous doctor. So rest in peace, uh, Doctor Bornstein, and um, I think we're out of time. Uh, yeah, but, we are. Um, we uh, we're we're coming up onto the uh, top of the hour. We've got uh, lots of things coming. We got up next. Oh no, this isn't real radio, so we're not actually. Um, <laughs> we're not. We don't handing we don't, it off. Yeah, we we've, don't have to hand it off. We've got whatever podcast you're going to listen to next coming right, right up. Yeah, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate it and review us on the Apple Podcast. Just write anything you want. 
Um, mm-hmm. Five stars has to be five stars. I say don't, that uh, we're the healthiest podcast. Say yeah. we're the healthiest podcast ever. Um, please tell your friends. We're on Podcast Addict. We're on uh, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Spotify. I don't care where you listen to it. We're also on YouTube, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Uh, it I uploads. Know. I it didn't uploads, even know that. Yeah, it uploads to YouTube through the uh, Ron XC News Network um, page. So if you're following that, please uh, click that bell and you'll know exactly when we upload the new episodes. Again, thank you very much to Devin Welsh for editing and producing and making all the music for this. Good job, Devin. We love it. Thank you. Um, You really, really improved things since you took over from Bloomberg. Yeah, doing the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're well. Bloomberg's not really done yet. We're still in an ongoing legal battle over who has rights to do that. But right yeah, now, I I'm victorious. Yeah, I would like to uh, eventually hear kind of a uh, a compilation of the Blue Men Group uh, songs. That'd be cool. Um, again, thank you very much for listening. We will see you soon. Check you out on the Ron XC News Network stream. Check you out on Devin's stream Wednesdays at twelve with uh, yes. Mike Crumpler. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll also be doing a movie night soon again on a Sunday night. We'll let you know. Uh, but please join us. And uh, thanks very much for listening. We love you very much. Bye. 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 This is the Blue Men Group. This is the Blue Men Group. This is the Blue Men Group.